Hello, and welcome to Pixel Hunt Podcast, where we deep dive and analyse games one system and letter at a time. I'm Sol, and Lamb Parker? <laughs> I'm Mark, and my name's marginally better than Nigel. I'm Dan, and I'm not sure mine is. <laughs> For this second series, season two, or world two, as we like to call it, we're covering the Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis, if you're from... USA! We're working from A to Z, and a number tacked on at the end for completion six. This episode, or World 2, stage 12, is Landstalker. But, before we get on to that, we, let, let's have a quick... Have a <laughs> Easy quick, for you to say. Yeah, let's have a quick round the table of what we've been up to, because it's been, it's been a, quite a while, hasn't it? It doesn't feel like that long since we played Krusty Crust, but maybe it is, yeah. Yeah, well, is this the second one of 2022? Yes. yes. Welcome to 2022, ladies and gentlemen. It does seem a little while, doesn't it? Mm. We're nearly in March, aren't we? Yeah, we're getting there. We are, yeah. Well, right, well, dead air is a crime, so I'm going to um, I'm gonna crack on with, tell you what I've done, because no one's going to Yeah, go first. for it. For entertainment's sake, I've been having an MRI scan. That was fun. Found out what it was. I was freaking out a bit because I was expecting it to be horrible. Because people have been going, oh, no, it's awful. MRI scan. But laid down in it, put my headphones on. Because you've shut been wedging eyes. things up, up your bottom. Did they do a scan and find, like, a hobby horse and <laughs> um, a shoe? <laughs> um, no, they're still missing. Um. Oh, okay, no worries. We we'll keep looking then. <laughs> they're quite relaxing though, aren't they? MRIs, if you've ever had one. Yeah, you sit in a big machine, and it and it. I was I was almost vibing with it because it goes round and round you, <laughs> and fires lasers beams at you or something. It goes doof 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 yeah, no, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Like sitting on the bench, it all vibrates as well as the bed. I don't think on purpose, just just after effect of the sheer thing. force. Yeah, quite cool. It's got haptic was... feedback. <laughs> yeah, it was quite nice. <laughs> it's quite nice to be forced to do nothing for forty-five minutes. Like I literally had to lay there and I couldn't do anything, listen to anything, play anything, and I can't remember the last time I had to just turn my brain off. It was almost like meditation. Like meditation. Yeah. yeah. Be good for you. It is, but I can't force myself to do meditation because I get bored. Like, oh, I could be playing uh, some, or I could be, you know, watching TV or something. But it was quite nice. I might try meditation. It might lead me onto it. Bad back might lead me to meditation. Who knows? It's a lot easier meditation if you smash a load of magic mushrooms in first. Then it's not boring. No, but I'm sure it's not relaxing either. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's the whole point. It's a shortcut to it. <laughs> Have they um, fixed you then? Have it? Well, they know what's wrong with me. It's a bulging disc. Or uh, L4 and L5. But L4 and L5. I've also got one in my neck because I did my full spine. But that's not impinging on anything. So I don't have to worry about that one. Just stop cracking my neck, I guess. Uh, but anyway, enough about my medical issues. I watched a film in the time since we last met called Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Oh, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, I liked it, actually. Um, I, th- I think I mentioned this one back in November-ish or something like that, but yeah, did I you liked now? it. Uh, well, apologies for going over old ground, but um, right. yes, I liked it. I don't know what I thought I was going to watch. I didn't know anything about it. I'd just seen a fight scene on a, in YouTube, and I thought, oh, that looks good, and I like Bob Odenkirk, and then 
it twigged after a few minutes that it's, there's something hidden. Yeah, a myth. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's worth watching. I won't, I won't spoil it, but it's worth watching, definitely. I don't think I've watched any TV at all or, or listened to anything of note. I listened to, uh, actually, I'll tell, tell a lie, Marie Orsted had the new album out a while ago, and I listened to that recently. Oh, she just goes as M.O., doesn't she? Scandinavian no lady, didn't she? Yes, dear. Plus, we got that new album. I like her stuff anyway. I like it's all, it's right up my alley, that kind of uh, sound M-0. she makes. M-Zero. Is, that, is, it, is like it supposed title. to be a zero? Something okay. like that. I think it's got a zero. It's like a, when you put a line through it when you first started doing computing. Well, I thought, mm-hmm. between. I thought that was one of those weird Scandi letters. You know, like, I think yeah, it Emil is a, a Scandinavian. It yeah, is a Scandinavian letter, is the O with a line through it. Yeah. Yes. It's a slightly smaller O and a slightly longer line. Played games exclusively with Horizon in the title this month. Forza Horizon okay. 5. Continued some more of that. Horizon New Dawn, about 60 hours into that, because I'm doing this on Dollar DLC, and I'm one of those weirdos that needs to go and collect all the collectibles and do all the side quests before you can finish it. Got to get all the armor, get all the outfits. I'm just a dick like that, and I'm wasting my own time. I do sit there sometimes going, what am I doing? Why don't I just play the story? But I need to go get the things. You know what I like about that game? And I can draw a direct comparison here to the new Guardians of the Galaxy game that's come out. I'm playing the sequel to it at the moment, that Horizon one. But what I like about the original Horizon was they didn't hold anything back. Like, they went all out. They fucking went, we're going to make the best possible game we can make. And it's a big open world. There's loads of crafting. There's loads of side missions. There's loads of stuff to do. Um, it, There's loads of stuff to collect. It's never boring. The storyline's good. The side quests are good. And it really does leave you thinking, what are they going to do for a sequel? Because they've done everything. And actually, they still up it a notch with the sequel. You'll be pleased to know. It oh, really? still does go up. Yeah. So even though you thought, well, that's a really complete package. Then you go to something like Guardians of the Galaxy where you're like, why is no multiplayer? It's a four. It's a game with four characters. We know multiplayer. How come oh, I've got these four characters with these skills and I've got them all at the beginning instead of having these Metroidvania-type areas where like, I come back with another character and that bit opens and that bit opens. And it seems like I purposely called him loads of shit back, you know, that would make the game... Why is there no... I'm, I'm a guardian of the galaxy, but I only do this one storyline. Where's, like, these job boards I'd go to as guardians of the galaxy and pick up another job? You know, things... Um, you know, you really feel like that game's holding back, and you never feel like that with that horizon, do you? You always feel like it's generously giving you just an amazing game. Yeah, and what I also liked is you... Obviously, you've got to progress through the story, but once you've got passed through all the, you know, the prologue, and the map is opened up. You can literally go where you want. There's there's no there's no invisible walls going. Oh, you you'll un- unlock this bit later if you wanted to. Yeah. You could just go running off into everywhere else and get your ass handed to you. Because, yeah. That's oh, gonna say that's <laughs> the that's the blockage. Isn't yeah, it? you're gonna get your ass handed to you if you're good enough. You, you, can, you can go. Yeah, if you're good enough yeah. and you you can do it with a little bit of health that you start off with and the weak and the crappier weapons, then fair play to you. But um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't block you off anywhere. And um, no. yeah, I, I think. I wouldn't go straight into the sequel now, even if I had it. Um, I think I'm just 60, 65 hours in now, and I think I'll, I'll need a change. A bit um, but I'd be interested to play it and see a beard that she's got. <laughs> All the internet virgins are going mad that she's got a beard now. Have you, have you seen that? Yeah, she, she, no. because, they, because they put so much detail in her face, that kind of natural, very 
fine oh whisk, yes whisk she's got hair. fine hair yeah yeah, yeah that downy yeah, yeah. kind of hair that women have she sweats when it gets hot yeah yeah that's i mean but that's there's loads detail, of there's people in there going why has she got a beard now she hasn't got a beard. If you've been anywhere near a real girl, you might notice that they have <laughs> hair on their face, you massive virgins. Uh, but um, and, then, and then there was someone uh, as well having a go at the character design, saying she doesn't look pretty enough. This is what she should look like, and it, that almost barbified her face, and she looks ridiculous. This... Oh yeah, because out in the wild, out in the dystopian future, you're gonna have. Um, Makeup and stuff everywhere, aren't you? Jen came in when I was playing it. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, fucking messing around with a ginger that I can control. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, that's the internet all over, isn't it? She should look like this. I don't care what you had, I don't care what you had envisaged and what the designers wanted to, to develop and put on screen, but me, the internet, you should be doing this because I'm She certainly entitled. doesn't look like the last that does the voice. You've watched Mythic Quest, haven't you, Dan? Yes, she's one of the testers, you isn't know she? The work, yeah, she's that work games <clears throat> tester with uh, the glasses, yeah. No, she doesn't look like her at all. Uh, and that's that's me, really. That's that's it. Played more Forza Horizon 5 because it's great and I keep doing the weekly stuff and too much of Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, and I was trying to think of other Horizon games that might have played. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, <laughs> There's Horizon, they follow up the sequel to Moon Patrol. I have not played that. that. Not this month, no. I haven't, no. Well, do you want me to? I'll go next because seeing as I'm driving today, uh, you don't want to hear me waffle on all time. <laughs> so let me think. Games. I too have been doing the Forza Horizon weekly things just because I'm a completionist and I have to get every single car. <laughs> However, I always forget. So it gets to like, they roll over every Thursday, doesn't it? So it yeah. gets to like Wednesday and I have some kind of existential crisis where I've got to <laughs> do everything <laughs> as quick as possible to get these cars that I don't even particularly want. I mean, I've missed one out since it's been launched. I've missed It's one just the car. principle. It's just the principle. I've got to get the points. I've got, yeah. to get the points. I've got to get this car. I've got to, it's there. Otherwise, I've not done it. Weird. Uh, I have been sinking, well, obviously some time into Landstalker, but I've been sinking time into a new ARPG MMO on the internet, which is free, called Lost Ark. It's got nothing to do with Indiana Jones. It's an isometric ARPG MMO. Uh, it's on Steam right now. That can grab it. For someone who, my PC ownership fell in between the popularity of Warcraft. So when Warcraft got popular, I didn't have a PC. I had a PC. And then you didn't have, and then you did have, yeah. And and then I'd got a decent gaming laptop to a certain extent, by which point Warcraft was too big. I had a bit of a stab on that Lord of the Rings online thing. Remember from about 10 to 15 years don't, ago? don't really yeah. play online games because it involves other people and I don't like them. <laughs> well, I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> um, so I thought I'll, I'll have a crack at this and it's actually good. Uh, once you get past the obligatory bad acting and uh, stodgy prologue of mm, we're in this new world and this is the world and no, oh, yeah, okay, just just going to get on and fight stuff. Very much like Diablo. So I know you're a fan of Diablo, aren't you, Marco? Uh, well, you not were. as much now as I was, yeah, like yeah. in the original Diablo era, yes. But that's the vibes you're going for. And yeah. you can play it solo if you want, and you can have a team of up to four, so you can uh, do a bit of Leroy Jenkins if you want. And yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's good to, it's one of those, but you start doing little quests, and by the time, before you know it, you look down and you've lost two hours, and you've done some 
big mission. Like, oh, cracky. It's one. It's also incredibly overwhelming. There's menus all over the place. But once you start to find your feet in it, it's it's actually really good. It had one of the largest concurrent launches on. Had something like one point two million people playing it on Steam. Broke the records and, and I think it surpassed CS:GO in like concurrent players. Wow. Doesn't necessarily mean it's any good, of course. No, but, but it means it's, it means it it's free. free and popular. Yeah. It also, yeah, but it is. Some, it's good. It's got some voice acting in in it, hasn't it? Because I remember watching you streaming. And I, I, I recognise one of the voices. I thought, oh, see, see who this is and what they've done before. One of them's a fella called Wolf Carla, who um, played Herman Dietrich in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ah, all right. Melty Face ah. Man. Um, melty Face. Is that Melty Face Man? I, I think it's Melty Face Man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've played that. That's good. Um yeah, it's worth a download and worth a stab, I'd say. And there's loads of diff- loads of classes and loads of different... I mean, ultimately, you're just holding down right to fight and pressing left on your mouse to go places, but it's a laugh. It's good. Melty Face Man. It is Melty Face Man. It is Melty Face Man. When he's getting the, the nunchucks out, but actually, it's a coat hanger. Remember. Do you remember? Do you remember, remember from 1980s? Do you remember? Raiders at Lost Ark? Do you remember? I do. I do. I remember 1980s really well because I'd not discovered alcohol and drugs at that point. So they're quite clear to me. It's yeah. from 1994 up to yesterday I have trouble with. <laughs> uh, speaking, of the, speaking of the 80s, oh, sorry to just cut across you very mm-hmm. quickly. I was, I was driving through Wakefield today, through Wakey. Why? And there was a, there was, uh, because I needed to be somewhere in Wakefield. So I had to drive <laughs> to it because I was on it. the other side of it. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah, have done. I realised I took a wrong turn. I thought, oh, I should have gone. I should have gone on my way, but I went through town. I went down Northgate like an idiot. Anyway, there was a shop called RBT VHS Rentals, and I thought, yeah, VHS Rentals. No, <laughs> right. So I googled it. Bar, isn't it. Yeah, it's a cocktail yeah. bar. It's a cocktail bar. And ah, it's a hidden. You, it's it's a, you've got to go in and and speak into like something, and you tell them what film is like new to rent or something and they've made up or maybe they're using one real I don't know and you can go in it's all 80s themed and it's all cocktails oh, that and stuff. sounds cool it sounds like a it sounds like um what's that 80s bar not flares the one that's like flares but 80s reflex, reflex. sounds like reflex but better and probably not full of old men leching on young women i guess no well i, I probably shouldn't go then because i won't fit in <laughs> <laughs> Off topic, on topic, there is somewhere we've been in Leeds called the Domino Club. By day, it's a hairdresser's. You walk past it, it's just got a couple of, it's a proper fully functioning hairdresser's. And on a night, the back wall opens. (laughs) By nights, they all play darts and dummies. Yeah. (laughs) On a night, the back door opens, you go downstairs, and it's it's like a bare brick jazz club with loads of crazy Mm. cocktails. Pretentious, possibly. It's quite quite nice. Was you? Was it you that was with us when we saw one of the Brownleys? No, no, that must have been a different time. I was in there, and Kelly saw him. She was like, "Is that Alistair Brownlee?" And I was like, "Yeah, it is." And she was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" I was like, "I leave him alone." She was like, just came and sat down and sat next to him and started talking. And I was like, "I'm sorry about her." And he went, "It's fine. It happens all the time." And his wife were like, Ugh. "You could see it on her face. She was like, for God's sake, I just want to go out." Yeah, yeah, but I. Was, I was like, Kelly, come on, leave him be. And he goes, it's fine, he's talking to me. I'm like, because you are there. <laughs> Just move out of the way. But it was, it, was, it was pleasant about it. It was nice. Right, where were we? In terms, yeah, so gaming, that's about it, really. To say we've gone like three to four weeks since the last one, 
Not really done. I've done. Yeah, I've not done much. But in terms of TV, I've got two things going at the minute. I've finished neither. They're ongoing things. Firstly, the book of Boba Fett. I've not started was, that yet. Right. I was really excited for it. Mm. It seems to be Boba Fett walking somewhere and going, I'm Boba Fett. And talking to someone else and these people go, if you want to do that, why don't you go see this person? So then he walks somewhere else and goes, I'm Boba Fett. Sounds like saving Private Ryan. Well, it's, yeah, it's saving (laughs) the Mandalorian. And then he'll walk somewhere else and go, I'm Boba Fett. And that's about it. I mean, it's all right, but it's not, yeah, I've got three episodes left. Even I'm watching it with my lad, even ease. I'm like, do you want to watch Boba Fett? He's like, nah, I'm I'm playing GTA. I'm like, yeah, probably I can see why. We're not particularly engaged in it. I've heard that by the last three, it picks up. And I know the reason why it is. So, I mean, you've got to watch it because it's there, isn't it? But... I've heard the same thing. I, it's not as it, they've, they've gone in really high with Mandalorian. Now they're struggling, to, yeah, to get back up to that level. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it picks up. I think at episode four or five. That's when you oh oh, it's getting good. But I don't. I, I think it's a. I, I don't. I don't know what they were trying to go for because Boba Fett's supposed to be this kick-ass badass bounty hunter, and he's just walking and around. And he's just doing I, a lot of chat. Yeah, and there's one particular scene with some. Uh, a gang of bikers. <sighs> Jeez. <laughs> that, that did not pass quality control. Oh, dear. I can't talk about yeah. it because you've not seen it. But I might, you... I'll sidestep this till it's over no. and maybe binge it in on a well, plane ride Well, it's finished. It's finished something. now. They're all oh, out. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I'm also watching, I've got two or three episodes left of it, I think, Yellow Jackets, which... Uh... Yeah, um, this is on my next to-do list so maybe save that for next time because i will have finished that by next time because i'm about to start it well the so. brief is for those listeners who are not aware the brief is uh it flashes between the early to mid 90s and modern day and a group of women in modern day who were kids back in the mid 90s they're, they're a female football as in soccer team and they make the way to the final so they're getting a they get on a plane to go to the finals and the plane crashes. And that's about, that's the first episode. But the opening scene to the episode is someone running away in snow, being chased, because you're seeing it, or looking over her shoulder. She falls into a pit of spikes. But I put my foot on a spike. And she dies. And they take her out and it looks like that these kids <clears throat> are maybe eating her. Or mm. sacrificed her or... Yeah, you eat. Yeah, and they've all got like crazy fur masks on and things. So there's some Lord of the Flies business going on. There's a bit of lost, but when you think you've, when you think you've got your hands around what this program is, it then like halfway through the series you get a bit of a body cut, uh, body swerve, and you're like, I've got no idea what's going off here. It's just really, it's intriguing TV. And that's the kind okay. of TV I like where, you know, where you're watching stuff, you go, I've done, I can't get out. I don't know what fucking hell's going on here, but it's good. I'm yeah. liking it. Yeah. Yeah. So get ready. It's, it's different. It's got cool. Juliet Lewis and Christina Ricci in it, and they're really good. Juliet Lewis just seems to be playing Juliet Lewis, though. Well, she's good at it. Yeah. And, yeah, that that's it. You groovy, groovy gets. What, 
One thing, um, I, one thing I did forget to mention before you go in mm. was um, uh, I was poorly. Well, I'm a bit nasally still. I had a cold. But, um, so I had a day just watching YouTube, and I ended up watching uh, some... So I haven't watched any TV, but I watched some YouTube, an hour and a half uh, documentary on Escape... Uh, sorry, Secret of Monkey Island. Um, it's about a history oh, of yeah, adventure games. Oh, yeah, you the link. Yeah. I haven't watched that it's, yet. It's, Is it good? It's quite interesting, yeah. And there's one thing that I actually never realised in Monkey Island. When, you know, the, the start of the first Monkey Island, when you get thrown off a bridge with a monkey idol tied around your waist, um, mm. and you can, just out of reach, are uh, like scissors and knives and, and swords that could cut the rope to set you free so you can swim off. But your cat is stuck mm. underwater, and the the the, the um, puzzle. You, you, the answer to the puzzle is you pick up the monkey idly, puts it in his pocket, then he just walks off and he can get out of the water. But while ever the monkey, while ever the monkey idle sat on the seafloor, he can't move. Well, apparently, I must have. I don't remember him saying this, but he boasts about being holding, being able to hold his breath for ten minutes. Does guy brush, and if you leave it for ten minutes. And and the LucasArts games are famous for, for no deaths anywhere. You can't die. You just get stuck. If you leave it for 10 minutes, he does actually die. Like he's held his breath for 10 all minutes right. and he dies. And, you know, all, no way. all the um, options you've got at the bottom, like pull, push, pick up, talk to, look yeah. at, they all turn into like death-related things, like bloat, decompose, bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite interesting. Then you've got a load yes. of save that you had. But it's quite a nice touch that, if you've never left it for 10 that's minutes, you'd never, yeah, you'd never spot. You'd never know, yeah. No. That's cool, isn't it? And I also spent far too long watching a video about the first ever video game. Um, and it dated back to some 1940s oscilloscope um, kind of thing, way before computer, um, computer space. Space war. Computer space. Making games up now. But uh, yeah, that was interesting. Just got lost in YouTube watching far too long videos. <laughs> um, right, what have I been up to? So I've watched quite a lot of stuff, so I'm going to rattle through a lot of it and then I'll linger on the really good stuff. Um, Dexter, I watched that new season of that, um, which isn't very good, but it does serve as a suitable ending which the last season of the original lot did not. So that's that. Um, Reacher, which is... Oh, yeah. I, I watched that too. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, as close to perfect as I think anyone's really going to get and still have it carry off as a good TV show. I really can't see how they could have done it any better. The way the guy delivers the lines is exactly as I imagined he would do them in my head. Um, he's big enough and strong enough and hard enough so that when someone goes, you better leave now, and he goes, no. You go, well, yeah, if I were that massive, I'd fucking say no too. He's not Tom Cruise. Um, you know, and um, you know, they've done it with just the right dollop of cheese um, in terms of not just the way that the things are delivered, but the way the action's shot and everything. It, it could not be any more perfect. It really knows exactly what it is. And I'm really excited to see where them do more books. I've only watched the first two. 
Yeah. And I was impressed. I've read all the books up until I think about the last two or three, and I've read them in mm. order. And I was quite early on them. I think I started reading them before they became these big juggernauts. Well, I read Die Trying was the first one I read, and you recommended that to me when I went on honeymoon. And I've now been married sixteen years. Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah. So a lot of they get a lot of stick to Jack Reacher books because they're quite um, pulpy. But yeah, that's, but that's not a, that's not a bad thing. In the same way that Dan not- Brown is, yes, it's got Jarvis Cocker in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the same way, in the way that Dan Brown is pulpy, but actually shit. Yeah, Jack Reacher, the well, Lee Child, what he knows that all all you need to do is have quite short chapters, yeah. end end the chapter on. And he didn't oh expect that to happen. And then yeah, he goes, oh, shit, yeah, yeah. I've got to read again. I've got to... It's a perfect yeah. page turners. They're not they're not highbrow by any stretch of the imagination, but they're perfectly they're perfectly uh, constructed thrillers. They're great books to take on holiday, aren't they? Yeah. Like to read while you're having a couple of beers in the sun. They're, they're, that is their perfect thing. And that's um, the reason I've probably read more of his books than anybody else's. And I don't particularly read, but I've read loads of those Reacher books. And for this exact reason that you're describing now, you can pick them up, you can put them down, and they're always fun and they're never boring. And that tone, it's never too serious. And that tone no. is, as you said, is lifted perfectly into that TV show. They capture it. So I watched it with the wife. She went, oh, it's cheesy, isn't it? I'm like, well, that's kind it's of American. Point. For, yeah. Sorry for any American, any, any American listeners. The the wife likes serious BBC crime dramas and things like that, mm. which it, this is not. No. But also it's not super um, Hawaii 5, modern Hawaii 5 or levels of cheese either. It's no. got it's clearly an American production and it's an, it's got an American feel to it. And with, like you said, the right amount of cheese when you're delivering these lines to not be cheesy. Yeah, so, that's it. You know, it's it's tongue in cheek and it is yeah. cheesy, but it knows it's cheesy. And it's yeah. not like it's not doing it on by accident, you know, it's doing it's it. It's got on the t- that, that's it's just the tone and that's just, the tone. Yeah, you the get tone's from... perfect. Yeah. The tone of the whole thing is perfect. Like yeah. I said, the the over the top fight sequences wouldn't work without that tone, as is proved by the Tom Cruise Jack Reacher films which have an entirely different tone and then leap into these ridiculous fight scenes that actually don't make any sense to that tone. But yes, it's very, very good. And I I really do hope they do the books in order because they have done the first book first. Die Trying is my favourite book and that's the second one. So I'm hoping they do do that one next. So we'll see. And the other good thing as well is Jen read the books out on holiday after I'd read them. Uh, So And she has enjoyed it. My mum's read all the books. She watched it. And all three of us were like, Yes, they've nailed it. And um, uh, Kath and Ian have read the books and were like, yes, they've nailed it. They've so done that's, it, yeah. You, yeah. That's, that's, it. that's it. what it yeah. felt like. It's like, yes, yeah. this is it. You've done it. That's like, yeah, you've nailed it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. He's perfect. The whole thing's perfect. So, yeah, we're good. Yeah, well, he's stopped writing them now. His brother started writing them on... on, <laughs> on it's like Lee Child's brother has now taken over the mantle of writing the Reacher books. I don't right. think they're very good by all accounts. Ah, okay. Because I think... I think Lee Child or whatever, John Grant or whatever he's actually called. Um, He's like nearly 70 or something. So he's like, Mm -hmm. I've done now. So, so yes, so that was Reacher. (laughs) Um, Other series, Tinder Swindler, watch that. Oh, shit. Yeah, I watched that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, yeah, I wasn't happy with it. 
Oh, yeah, I, I smashed it in in a day while I was working, so I wasn't paying too much attention to it, but I liked it towards the end where the sort of tables started turning. Um, I watched a really good series, BBC series called The Responder with uh, Martin Freeman in it. Um, I was really surprised how good that was. Well, that's that what was... Joe said. I'm watching The Responder. I can't watch this. I said, you're comparing yeah. two different things. I said, that's like <laughs> me and that's like me enjoying The Wire. Yeah. That's not American cheese. Well, and and the... then watching Downton, which is British cheese. You like Downton. So, I think it's the... cheesiest shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, what The Responder did really, really well. Have you watched Uncut Gems? Yeah, you know that atmosphere that Uncut Gems creates throughout the whole thing? Stress. The Responder does that for eight episodes. It's fucking horrible. (laughs) So it really puts you through it, but it's really, 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 really good. I also watched a film with Stephen Graham in. Now, Martin Freeman sounds like he's doing a Stephen Graham impression in The Responder to the point where Jen was reading a book while I was watching The Responder, and she looked up and she went... I thought that was Stephen Graham. She said, you've had this on now for three hours. And I thought that was Stephen Graham. And it's him. It's him from Hitchhiker's Guide. Stephen, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Stephen Graham is Turkish from Snatch. Yeah. Yeah. The bloke. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is England. Yeah. Is this, well, yeah, is this, this boiling is point, Mark? Yeah. This is boiling point. So this right. brings me on to boiling point, which again has exactly the same atmosphere as Uncut Gems and The Responder. So what boiling point is, it's a single take film so it's all done in one camera shot that lasts an hour and a half and it follows a chef going onto his shift uh going into the kitchen um and the stress associated with this particular day and this particular shift and then it passes from him to a waitress going to a table and hangs around the table and you see some of the customers and to another waiter to another waitress and um it's brilliant. It's, re- it's A, it's really clever. B, it's really, really good. C, though, what I liked most about it is all of these characters were so, 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 so good. I want a series of it now, and I want, I want to now follow a different character each week from that same night, and I want to see the customers that were sat at that table. I want to see what happens to them on that night and to follow them, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I hope they do that. It reminds me of my favourite episode of Always Sunny. The Charlie work yeah, episode. That, the, yeah. Where he's like, oh, just yeah. stressed out, running around, doing everything. He's like, I fucking do it on myself. Uh, he keeps yeah, banging the chair. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a serious version of that. Yeah, yeah. no, it's good. Uh, that, but, but this, but this one seriously doesn't have any cuts because the Charlie work one, there are bits where <laughs> it cuts. But this one doesn't cut though. Nineteen seventeen had no cuts in, did it? Well, it, it did, but you, well, it they did. were covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna say this is different in that. It is one shot. They did, they did it four times, and this was the third time. Oh wow! You know, so wow. Uh, you know, so so it really does have that. Uh, that really adds to the tension. The lack of polish in it, it adds to the sort of realism of it. But if I, you know what I mean. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. That I'm interested in that. But going back to the responder, I, I've never. I haven't watched it. I saw adverts for it, and what made me want to watch it more was that um, Alan Sugar complained about. Um, <laughs> Martin Freeman speaking with a Scouse accent and everyone just ripped into him on Twitter going, what's wrong? Can't you understand him? It's like, no, they shouldn't have hired him. They shouldn't have, they shouldn't have cast him to, to, to play this guy. And they're like, he's putting an accent oh, on. Him. That's not his actual voice. That is an accent. It's called he's fucking acting. Yeah. Uh, so, so, sorry, uh, Lord Which Sugar, should, if you're listening, you, should, you moron. Well, Lord, 
Lord Sugar should know about it because he's always acting the twat, isn't he? <laughs> Is he acting right, So I can delete that. Oh, there were one more series I watched that's worth watching, but I won't linger on it. Loki. It was uh, a lot better than I expected. I think I just whacked it on for the for the fuck of it, for the sake of putting it on. Um, and again, I had it on in the background while I was working, and then I ended up not working and watching Loki. And it was it was really good and totally unexpected. Quickly then, because obviously it's going on, uh, how funny is the episode with Richard E. Grant and all the other it's Lokis? All, it's all hilarious. I liked it all. <laughs> I really liked the whole thing. Yeah. He's, one, um, he's, so, he's one of my favourite Marvel characters, and I, I, I've been meaning to watch it. I don't know why I haven't, but the, the I, I'm hoping it's it's as good as that face he pulls when uh, Thor figures out that it's not his dad and it's Loki pretending and he just goes... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'll fire through these last few. Uh, I watched a film called Kimmy, which has um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter in that's going to be Catwoman, um, about um, a woman who has got agoraphobia because she's been working throughout lockdown and she works for a thing like Alexa called Kimmy. Um, and what she does is she listens to the, when there's an error sent through, it doesn't understand something. It comes to her as a sound file so she can interpret it and teach the AI what it should have answered in these circumstances. And she hears a murder on the thing, but um, the people in the company are intertwined in the murder. So she has to, as an agoraphobic, leave the house and go effectively try and solve this crime. That was good. It sounds like um, minority reports. <laughs> so yeah, it's good and it's good that um, I watched a film called Pleasure, which is about the porn industry. Don't watch it; it'll ruin porn for you. I just there's no joy in porn anymore now after watching that. So I, okay. I'm just well, there is. I just have to look for the amateur stuff where I actually now can believe they're enjoying it. Um, and I also watched Malignant, which is the new James Wan uh, film, which is, in my opinion, an absolute mwah masterpiece. It is just a perfectly, beautifully amazing film. I mean, James Wan's good at horror anyway, but this film spans and twists itself around so many genres so fluidly and cleverly and quickly. It's only a quite a short film, and it is like being on a roller coaster ride. You just get bounced from what starts off as like almost an 80s schlock horror, then goes into a suspense type, really strong suspense film, then turns into a slasher, then goes all out action, and all the way through, you've got a mystery story running through it. And it's, uh, it's really, really good. I've watched it twice, and I liked it even more the second time. So that's malignant. So that is the extent of everything I've watched. And all I've, the only thing I've done in terms of gaming is go through my Steam library, look at the things that are going to work natively on the Steam Deck and try to build myself up a little list for when my Steam Deck finally arrives of what I'm going to smash in that I've bought in sales over the last fucking 10 years and never played. So that's, that's all I've been doing. You know, things like, things like Owl Boy and Dead Cells and um, Salt and Sanctuary and these smaller, more pixely kind of uh non-graphic intensive games that i think right i'll fit loads of them onto an sd card they're all good games i'm going to smash all them in the balls so i'm going through uh trying to create myself a little download list ready for that that's it wow well that's that isn't it this is the game the game that we've been playing Landstalker. Uh, this was released on the 20th of October 1992 in Japan. And according to the internet, 
October 93 in Europe. That's it. Another vague month. So I've been hunting around magazines and trying to find uh, when it was actually released. And I found a review in the October edition of Mean Machines, I think. So I've plumped for October the 1st, 1993. Okay. Why not? Why not? So Landstalker are officially known as Landstalker, the treasures of King Noel, or in Japan, Rando Sutoka Kotai no Zaiho was developed by Climax Entertainment, best known for Shining in the Darkness and uh, Shining Force which were RPGs, on the, both on the Mega Drive. Sustained on brand, they developed Landstalker, which is an isometric uh, RPG where you control treasure hunter Nigel. Good, strong treasure hunting yeah, name, Nigel. Choice, isn't it? I know, because they're clearly like aiming this at the Zelda market. So I, can't, I just can't understand the pitch. They go in to the office and they say, guys, come up with a Zelda beating idea here and they go what's the main character called they go nigel and it's like let me stop you there no well go back and try harder that would be the very first thing that i said they've been they've, they've, they've foreshadowed haven't they because this man nigel goes around getting rid of foreign um people by means of a sword i mean can't do that nowadays, can't Nigel? He's basically a racist. <clears throat> yeah, and Nigel's a good, strong racist an ethnic, person's name. I ethnic think. cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> so it should be called Landstalker. It should be called ethnic cleanser. It should be called Farage. <laughs> yeah. It's called Ryle. Kyle, like Kyle, but with an R. Ryle in Japan. So this, when it's come over to the West, someone's gone, well, yeah, we'll, we'll call him. We'll call him something really cool like Nigel. Just an odd choice. Maybe they were fans of EastEnders. So the game begins with well, quite an interesting opening credits slash. Um, he's, he shows him embarking on, on an adventure, doesn't well, he? So the credits roll he, as he's. As he's doing the end of an adventure, isn't it? Yeah, as he's, yeah, as he's jumping from platform to platform. Mm. He's on an adventure to get the statue of Jupe, apparently. And that's what he, he sells in the opening scenes to a shopkeeper. That's how the game starts, doesn't it? At which point, mm. a fairy, or apparently a wood nymph, turns up. She's been chased by three dudes because she knows the location. Because she's a nymph. Yeah, she's a nymph. But she knows the location <laughs> of, of the treasure of King Noel. No. So, so no. Nigel. Um, Gallagher. Edmund. Yeah, Noel Edmonds, yeah. So now, so Nigel, being the, the treasure hunter he is, he then goes to get this treasure. So that's your first dungeon, isn't it? And then he yeah. falls into some water and comes out of a waterfall, bangs his head, and this is where some red furry people find him. The red furry people are called Mas Masums Anyway, so they take him off to a bed, and then he wakes up going, "Ooh." Where am I? Like all the RPGs we've ever played, ever, ever in the past. And that's where the story probably really begins in earnest, doesn't it? He wakes up and then you can start talking to the villagers. You can save your mm. game. There's your shops, all the usual RPG gubbins. At which point someone's been kidnapped from this village. So Nigel then has to go on there. And then from that leads on to another dungeon and then so on and so on and so forth. 
until you finish the game. Uh, as th there's no XP leveling up as such, is there? Uh, ca well, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you you get life force. You pick up the life hearts and you like a, which, an attack which power gives yeah. you a bit more health and yeah. your attack. And yeah. as you make your way from village to village to scenario to scenario, you come across all the usual RPG type bad guys, ogres, mo various monsters, uh, black bubbles of spit, <laughs> uh, uh, mushrooms with a foot or uh, look like a big penis, um, various, various things that you swing your sword at and kill. Yes. So... Uh, really, without labouring on the plot and the way the story unfolds, that is Landstalker in a nutshell. You go from village to village, solve puzzle from puzzle. Some of the dungeons are a bit more complex than others. It's, uh, it's a bit of it's a... It's essentially a puzzle platformer with some whacking off swords, grinding an RPG element. Yeah, the dungeons, it, because... It's a puzzle platformer mainly, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the isometric setting gives you platformers in such a way that we always say this, but back to Head Over Heels or Batman, the games that we grew up in, the, the perfect isometric platformers that we grew up in, very much similar to that. Um, so when you yeah. do get to a dungeon, it's not like a crawling, crawling... Zelda type approach, let's say. It does span multiple screens though, so unlike, like you say, Head Over Heels or Night Lore or things like that where the puzzle was to be solved in that one single room yeah. before you isometrically went off to the next room, these puzzles are a, a lot more... Scrolly. A lot bigger. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. to be fair, they are actually big, these dungeons. Like, when, when you get to... The game's big. The game is big. When you get to the... the Well, they say it's a swamp. You must go to the swamp um, dungeon. Slime swamp dungeon, is that right? Have I got that right? Which is kind of the second or third dungeon you go to. And you think, ooh, I got to a swamp. So you get... Yeah. Um, you get... You've got a... <laughs> it's quite difficult, actually, you, to work out. You you take a, a, a stone idol from a shelf in a house, and then you can use that stone idol to get into that dungeon. Um, that's like the second dungeon. Massive. Absolutely huge. It It's it's a good half an hour to complete that dungeon. That's the first one. And I think we've, we've had a look, haven't we, on YouTube, that uh, I think a full completion, when you know what you're doing, is 10 hours thereabouts. Yeah, and that is going everywhere yeah. and knowing exactly Never what you're Never getting doing. stuck. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and not cheese dying every two yeah. minutes, I would assume. Um, so let's talk about Nigel. We're only making plans mm. for Nigel. He is, I don't know what he is. He's got big feet, big, big, like cartoony feet, but is he a... It's an elfy looking yeah. thing. So there's certainly Zelda. He's a kleptomaniac is what he is. He's a kleptomaniac. He wanders in people's houses and just opens chests because I'm having that. Oh, stone idol on the wall. I'm having yeah. that. Oh, have you got some? Uh, have you got some well, herbs here? I'm having them. Yeah, I mean, Lots of people you, blind. You, when you're Link in any Zelda game, you just go in people's houses and smash all your pots. If <laughs> you got out in this, bang! If you got out in this, picking <laughs> stuff yeah. up, eating your chickens. Is there possibly any more to say? You've played this more. You've got further in it than I did, Dan, uh, Daniel. Is there anything 
it was it was my turn to stream for this, for oh, this yeah, yeah. podcast, yeah. wasn't it? Well, I took it upon myself to, to do a bit of streaming, a couple of two, three, four hours maybe. Um, yeah, he's. I don't think there's much more to say about Nigel. He's got he's got a quite a stride on him. He's his got a arms going walk. when he walks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. big feet. Um, no meat. Um, yeah, there's not there's not really a lot to say. He's a good character. I like him. Yeah. But he doesn't look particularly um, adventurous. Although he's got a backpack, so he's prepared, I guess. Well, my kid has one of them for school. He's not well, going to... Learning's its own adventure, Mark. <laughs> he's not going to jump diagonally instead of forward and go down a pit and get eaten by a bubble. Uh, let's not jump down that rabbit hole just yet. <laughs> <laughs> but how far did you get in it? I'm about half... Halfway. Oh, I got nowhere near halfway for me. I, I, a couple of hours. I'd, so, yeah, I'd got past the, the village, got past the save point, seen the bit where someone were getting sacrificed. Um, the first time I played it, I ended up having to do it all again because I died and there were no auto save. And then I realised the second time I played it that the save's a good fucking hour in or, or whatever. Um. So yeah, yeah, I didn't get to go see the priest. Yeah, I didn't get very far, and then I watched snippets of someone's long play just to see um, what was going on throughout the rest of the game. Half of the fun of the game for me was streaming it, I think, and, and putting voices on people like uh, one of the other adventurers that looks like a giant dragon lizard thing. I, I voiced him like Sean Dash. <laughs> Uh, one of my favourite things is adventuring, uh, and I hope I get to kill some people. That would make it a much better game. But there's not much more to say about it, other than it, it, it is what it is. There's, yeah, it's what it, it is. is what it is. If uh, you've ever played an adventure RPG, then you'll be at home with this one. I struggled to... to obviously, we're not going to we're not going to uh, review it right now, but I think I, I found it difficult to grasp a thread of a story through it but you've played it longer than me dan did you did mm-hmm. you feel that there's a story in there that the because obviously the, it sets the, the set off for the treasure of king noel and he bangs his head as a result that's his story but that, that yeah you don't need story in it do you he's a treasure hunter someone goes hey up i've heard about this treasure why didn't you go get that? And he goes, right, I'm off. Uh, and then falls. And then everyone just gets in his way. Just Can, can you go do yeah, this? Basically, the, the king's taking everyone's money or he's taking everyone's money and he's going to go liberate it. Isn't that about the long and short of it? Well, you come across a um, a duke. Why voice? The very posh voice. Um, but mm-hmm. he he's he's been robbing everyone blind, taking all their money. Um but I only got to the middle of the game and I got stuck in a in a green maze, which was actually called Green Maze. And um almost as uh, creative as <laughs> Nigel. And I didn't get any further than that because I was stuck in that for about an hour and a half and then I turned it off and, and never went back to it. Um but the, I don't think there is much of a story. He wants treasure, someone says, Go get that, and he says, Write him off. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is thin. Do you need much story? I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's not like it's not for, like you're, you're saving a, a princess, uh, is uh, it? For, for any game, particularly when you're coming into a big game, really, the the story is the glue, the anchor that holds the whole thing together, and the thing 
that will drag you back after the other bits get tedious. If there's an interesting story to be told, then um, you're much more inclined to come back at you, and it, it's lacking in that respect. But I'll save it for the review. That that but that yeah. that probably finishes this off this section of this deep dive <laughs> this deep dive off because there isn't really much it, it's kind of a story that unravels rather than is that he's been told that's if that's yeah. fair to say um so yeah that you how many dungeons did you get done then daniel because i'd like to know that if you got about halfway through it is there any changing mechanisms or any kind of revelations in gameplay or switching up of things or is it just what you is it just working through a novel there didn't appear to be right okay no um, i certainly didn't because when i when i went to watch like little snippets 10 15 minutes here and there of the long play um I was looking for that purpose to see should i dive back into this game and give it a bit more time or from a gameplay perspective have a, have a graphics perspective, have I seen enough to comment on it? And it you, looked like I'd seen enough within that couple of hours that I had with it. Right. You do get different swords and you do get different armor. Um, swords, you get a fire sword, you can get an ice sword, which obviously will burn or freeze people, respectively. Um, but that's about it, really. Zelda-esque. I mean, but then you can level that. That everything's cribbing from Zelda at some point. So, I mean, have have we done? Have we done? Is that it? Can we say any more about it? Yeah. Before what? If, what I don't want to feel like we're doing is shortchanging it. But there's really not much you can say, is there? It it, it is no. what it is. It's an RPG. It's isometric, hacky slashy. A little bit of a story. Done some missions. A few side quests as well. And uh, and that's it for twelve hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, as is as is traditional, should we see the cultural interlude and what just was happening on the first of October, nineteen ninety three? Do it. Okay. Cultural interlude. Before we jump into our final thoughts on Lamb Stalker, the stalking lambs, let's check out what was going on at the time of its release. So, if you pick this up from your local shop. Oh, no, it's not time yet. Yeah, no, don't keep, yeah. keep your powder dry. Uh, I don't know, where would you have been? If you'd have got this from Dixon's, Dixon's on the 1st of October, <laughs> 1993, then you might have been listening to these songs, watching these films and playing these other games. So let's start with the singles. Dropping two places to. from three to five was a song by a group called Gulture Beat. And it was, I know what I want, I want it now, I want you, cause I'm Mr. Vane. Which, which reminds me of being, you Mark, me and you Mark, sat in a pub in Wakey, we'd have been 17, so we shouldn't have been in there, me, you and our cousin Earl, sat in there, uh, and this coming on, and uh, underage drinking, being at college, being stupid. I remember this very evening. It was bits. We were in bits in, in, in Wakefield, which I don't think... Is. We were in bits by the <laughs> end of the night, bit, if yeah. I let me tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a, it was a very popular song, wasn't it? 
It must have been a good night, like, because the thing is, like, how many nights in your life have you been out? Tons. And I remember that one. Yeah. And we were a mess. I don't know how I remember it. Because no. that was awful. I don't think that was the night I <laughs> woke up covered in sick half in, half out of the road where I got thrown out no. of, of a nightclub. I had to walk home on my own. Um, yeah, no, that, I think we managed to stay together on that particular evening. So moving up to space. Did you know, huh? did you know that Bits, for a while, held the record as the longest bar in the country? Yeah, in weird, Europe. In Europe? In Europe, yeah. Wow. yeah. Moving up two spaces from six to four. Is Chakademus and Pliers with their lovely song. She don't let nobody, she don't let nobody, nobody but me. Nobody Chakademus but me. didn't even have any pliers. He barely had a screwdriver. They're becoming regulars. I think they were on the last episode or certainly episode before. Um, uh, I could uh, try and do some uh, uh, reggae, but I don't think it's appropriate because I'm shit at it. Coming in at number one. When's that ever stopped you before? <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. Yeah. Coming in at the number one slot is a guy called uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yeah, well, you see, I thought casting Andrew Garfield was an odd choice for Tick, Tick, Boom, which I'm assuming is some relation <laughs> to this uh, film. Uh, no. To this song. Be, I, no. As an aside, it's supposed to be very, very good, that Tick, Tick, Boom. I, I started watching it and I didn't like it. Oh. Well, I'll tell Andrew Garfield. Who knows? Next time I see him. Right. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're your singles. So that's 93. Uh, albums, dropping five places from three to eight, was Paul Weller's, with his second solo album, Wildwood which does contain In a Wild Wild Wood, that song. But it also contains Sunflower, which is quite a banger. And this is kind of just predating... A better for you than vegetable. Yeah, Sunflower. This kind of just comes yeah. before Britpop. So he seemed to have a, yes. like a cultural renaissance around this time. He aligned himself with upcoming, or rather the up-and-comers saw him as, well, well after this, they, they regarded him as like the mod father, didn't they? when he did Stanley mm. Road. Uh, so he kind of, he seemed to be the father figure amongst all these up and coming Britpoppers like Oasis and people like that. Uh, but it's uh, that Sunflower, you'll know it, the opening riff is is killer, yo. Dropping one place from one to two in yep. utero, Nirvana, which was the what third you- and final album, probably best known off there was Heart Shaped Box. And all apologies. apologies, yeah. And then shortly after this, what we in '93, uh, about a year less than a year later, he'd killed himself with old Kurt Cobain. Oh. Sounds a bit of a misery, isn't it? Yeah, we want the yeah. I think nah. should have seen it coming. I guess. Mm. Courtney Love mm. looks like she fucking winches on there. She probably nagged him to death. Yeah, she looks I, like someone who... For God's sake. She, she looks like someone who <laughs> nagged you to the point of wanting to blow your own head off, doesn't she? Climbing one space to number one mm. was Battle of Hell 2, which is quite timely because old meatloaf just cacked it, hasn't Battle uh, of Hell 2. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. We know what it was now. Have a COVID jab. 
<laughs> yeah. Is that what, is that what finished him yeah. off? All right. So that was the mega hit. Oh, that dear. was his comeback hit, wasn't it? Nothing for love. Uh, but to me, the one that always stuck out was the third single off it. That is one of the most ridiculous titles and its most ridiculous deliveries. Which <laughs> objects in a rearview mirror may appear closer than they are. <laughs> objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they. Are. It's like, what if, if you've written objects in a review mirror, mate? He's reading the safety, the safety label off a fucking piece of glass. That sounds, that sounded very Vic and Bob, that. I was trying to like, um, explain to Jen that none of his songs were real and they were just wanked off by a chart writer. And um, had I known that that song existed, I would have put it on to prove my point. The thing is, it was Jim Steinman really who wrote it all. Who did Total Eclipse of the Heart? He did yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's that's what I was on about. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did Battle of Elwood, and he did that Celine Dion that, that song that went ah, and objects in a rearview mirror may appear objects in a rearview mirror sounds like Ali Jones singing yeah that's just it noise it sounds like what's the that the two singers that are supposed to be Simon and Gaff Mulligan and O'Hare Mulligan and O'Hare that's it my rose has left me I'm in the mood she's gone to Kenya with a bloke from Allied Carpets Yes. Him. Yeah, you made meatloaf sound like that. Well, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> go go put it on your Spotify, yo. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, films, 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 mm. films. Right, as usual, we will do the quiz, the quiz quiz. So you've got to okay. try and tell oh, me yeah. what these films are based from Top Film Tips Twitter feed because they're very good and you should follow them. I'm not paid to say this, but I'm saying it. So at number three. Health and safety lapses allow Sam L. Jackson to chain smoke in an office environment and dinosaurs to eat corpulent hacker. Jurassic Park. Yes. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Number two. The event of a man crying on radio leads to even more unlikely onslaught of interested women. What? Yeah, I've never seen this, so I, I don't, don't think know. I'd have got that. I, from. I like the sound of it. No, go on, I don't know. Nobody, Daniel. No, no. no. sleepless nope. in Seattle. 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 Oh God, yeah, Seattle. yeah, yeah. Have... Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Don't know where I, I got that from. It's, uh, it's in the recycle bin of my mind, along with you've got mail and every other thing Tom Hanks did around that time. And Nora, Nora Ephron, like Joe and the volcano. That word. I went to cinema. That. That's guff. Next, finally, and number one with a bullet, the sp- uh, spelunking doctor escapes prison shaves off awesome beard and uses his ultra brain to foil one-armed man hinky plan. Yeah, I had that one as well. (laughs) Mark's one of them at quizzes. Did you wait for someone to go to the answer? Yeah, 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 I had that. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did it all along. I did it. Knew it. Knew it. Knew it. So that's so that's culturally where where the UK at least was in October 1993. Did you like it? Pretty good, but yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. We're a gaming podcast. Despite us spending the first 20 to 30 minutes talking about films and TV, we are actually a gaming podcast. <laughs> so what we've all been waiting talking for. talking about Landstalker. Yeah, something like that. Well, <laughs> on October the 31st, 
CMVG issue 143 was on the shelves in... (laughs) 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 And they covered these games. It seems that by this point, uh, in the early to mid-90s, they'd done away with CMVG hits, by specifically saying, like, these are the hits that we've covered. Ah, okay, all right. if you scored a certain amount of points, it was regarded a hit down there in the ratings. So I normally go through these and pull out just what they've given a CMVG award to. Now they've messed it up, and now I have to go through it and do more work. Idiots. Right, so, scoring 94 on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System was Super Mario All-Stars. CMVG said, I'm paraphrasing somewhat, loads of gameplay, but they're essentially the NES games, and one of the downsides is that the Lost Levels game is rock solid. That is what should have been Super Mario Brothers 2, Correct. isn't it? Yeah, and I f- well, that is what it was too in Japan, wasn't it? On the disc system. I need to have a look at that. And we got the reskin of Doki Doki Panic. I just if I got that right. I think yeah. so. Yeah, we got the reskin of Doki Doki yes. Panic, which is right. what Super Mario Brothers Two. But then you've got lots of all the stuff that's in Super Mario Brothers Two. Some of the enemies, there's birdies. Yeah, and a things. lot of it. A lot of a lot of it comes from there, doesn't yeah. it? Like shy guys, your birdos. Yeah. A lot of that stuff wouldn't be in Super Mario Lore if it wasn't the two being reskinned from something else. Correct. Mm-hmm. But yeah, lost. I think they, they, they rejected the lost levels because it was so hard. It just got chucked mm. in the bin, which I always get confused because you can buy on the Famicom, an original Famicom cartridge, Super Mario Brothers USA, can't you? So is that is that the lost le- I can't remember I get confused because I'm getting old my brain's just <laughs> melting anyway on scoring 88 on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System was a game called Zombies which also known as Zombies Ate My Neighbours I believe outside the UK yep I think which uh, is like a top down it's like a combination it's a zombie based gauntlet slash alien syndrome really isn't it and CMVG yeah, said yeah I've got this oh that looks pretty tasty I'm just looking at some screenshots of it now yeah it's really... good this, this era oh, you for, must have played for it. me no this era for me really is I'd found drinking um, at this point <laughs> so um, there's a period of a few years where I didn't game really at all because I discovered drinking and lost my virginity and uh, so I just like drank and shagged so, so this is the this is right in that era so I'd, I, I, I would have played hardly any of these it was, it was... Really, really good. I've just got distinct memories of the characters jumping on the trampolines and coming right close it to the camera. It looks good. I like the You saw a lot more, there. you know, that 16-bit detail that you that jump you took from the 8-bit to 16, which is, is a jump I don't think we've ever experienced again in level. But you'd, you'd, you'd see them all in, in great details that come closer to the camera. That's cool. You see, it's good. It's funny. So they, they praise it. Great humour, excellent graphics, but a little on the repetitive side. Now... I would posit yeah. that most games yeah. of that era are pretty on the repetitive side anyway. Mm. So it's difficult. Yeah. Scoring 89 again on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System is Shadow Run. Now, ha. I think that this, I got this around this time because I played it at this Christmas. Is this so, the Blade Runner type thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, then I, I watched you play this from start to finish, I think. This was probably the last game I really deep-dived into on a console until 
for about four years later, I went on a bit of a drought as well. Cause I, mm. I girls beer, I went to uni in 95. So more girls beer. And then I just started getting back into PlayStation stuff. So mm. yeah, I had a few years off that. This is my gaming wilderness just after this, uh, but they're well executed. If not an original concept, they say, uh, complicated at times and controls can be a bit awkward again it's isometric isn't it it's very isometric now yeah harking back I don't to think it's, that, though. It's, the sh- it's the shooting that's awkward more than anything because you've got a you've little reticule you've got to aim all the people oh yeah this this brings me back to earlier in when we were what you've been up to this the reboot remake remaster of this is one of the games that i've bought in a steam sale and still not played that i'm going to end up adding to my list on the Steam Deck, so I might might get to play it finally. I remember enjoying watching Soul play it. I never played it, but I I don't I remember never being bored while he was playing it. Just sat watching him play it. Well, I loved it, and I don't know where it went. I don't know where it went. I bought it. I had a physical copy. It disappeared. I think it might have passed down to our Daniel. It might have got sold off somewhere. I don't know where it went. I honestly can't remember flogging it. It. it it didn't get passed down to me because I remember buying it from Electronic Boutique myself, mm. and it was it was cheap because it was only the cartridge and it had EB written on it in permanent marker like they used to do the dicks. Yeah. But um, I don't know what happened to that either. That went missing, and now that's worth fortune if you is had it? a box copy oh, of yeah, it anyway. Yeah, hundred quid money. plus, easy for a box Man. copy. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, which for inflation it might be about right anyway. Anyway, uh, scoring 85 on the Mega CD is Sylphid, which is a groovy shoot-em-up and without question the best graphics we've seen on the Mega CD, according to these dudes, but not enough levels and is a bit too easy. And that is something that we often come back to in in these games, is that despite all that storage space, there's not still not a lot of content. Oh, man. A proper, proper, proper up. We get this for us. It looks tasty. Yeah, it, it tells you what a grub I am. I always thought it was slippied. <laughs> slippied. Yeah, I've obviously never spotted the I and the L the other way around. <laughs> that, that's the frog off for Star Fox slash Star Wing. Uh, and finally, uh, I probably wouldn't have put this in as normal, but Echo the Dolphin oh. scoring 94. However, this is on the Mega CD. This is a CD version. Uh, so you do get a few more levels. It's pretty much the same. You get a few more levels, but... This featured Sega's Q sound system, which was their attempt to take your stereo sound and make it quadraphonic. Well, using, using... Sony still have managed that now, so I would imagine <laughs> Q sound was shite. Yeah, but they, they praised <clears throat> it in this magazine and said it sounded, sounded mega for, based CD. on that. And that is, we've said this before, that's one of the key things that, that the Mega CD really brought to life was the sound audio, audio. yeah whenever you hear any i can remember going up to sam game master's simon nicola's house and he had it pumping through his stereo with like road avenger and cobra command of a shoot 'em up that i can't remember uh Solfees, that was it and it, it was just i'd never heard sound like it coming out of a out of a home machine but still the games <sighs> were low on content they'd never got that balance right and for the money you were asked to shell out for it is it worth it no, I think no. they just end up with um, lazy parts in the end, didn't they? Uh, sorry, lazy yeah. FMV games. But anyway, that that's your games, man. That is your games. That's everything. Your games and music and 
films. Ting. And that's what was happening in October. 1993, yo. Come on, then. Let's get to it. Let's rip it a new one. Well, okay. Final thoughts on Landstalker, ladies and gentlemen. What What is is your verdict? (laughs) Um, So visually, I thought it was quite nice. Agreed. Yeah. Well, well designed. Looked, like the big sprites. Looked better, and when you shrunk it, so yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, if you blew it up, the resolution lost some of that. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I would, I would say that some of the enemies became a little samey very quickly, and the, the people in the villages were very samey as well. The enemies were. Almost just reskins of each other. Yeah, you just got different colours, yeah. which made them a little were, harder. Yeah, they would or longer reach, maybe. But yeah, the og- the ogres you come in yellow, red, but, uh, purple. But even the first set of ogrey things that you see had the same move set as the bubbles that you see. So what you <clears> your first thing you encounter is a bubble that bounces backwards and forwards, and a few whacks, and it turns into a bag of gold, which is only one coin, which is weird. But then the next thing you encounter is an ogre, which has just exactly the same moveset as the bu- the bubble, but it's a different skin. So th- that was annoying. Yeah, I know what you mean. I felt like they could have put a bit more effort into that character design for the other people. Because Nigel himself is a well-formed character. He's interesting. Mm. He put a lot of effort into his sprite and stuff. His hair whacks around when he moves, yep. when he walks. He's got a nice big stride. His arms go with him. His big feet. He's a cool little guy. He looks a genuine cartoon character doesn't he it looks like yeah. a really so and you can imagine if this i mean i think this probably with it being at the tail end of the mega drive i'm not sure how popular it was i know that retrospectively a lot of people like hardcore gaming 101 and and other websites i know seeing that me machines review that i touched upon that they thought they thought favorably favorably of it at the time you can also almost imagine if it had sold gajillions you'd have had various nigel spin-offs because he were quite a well-formed ca- character uh, yeah, i would agree with that yeah so yeah and and the, the sound was mm, some of the music was a little irritating what did make me laugh was the, the noise they made when you hit them you hit the enemies with your sword when they die <laughs> they all made the same even a bubble for some reason goes when he's dead. Okay, right, fair enough. So that, that seemed like they took some shortcuts there. But um, my biggest gripe with the game is the fact that it was isometric and we were expected to do puzzling. Now, the fact that it was isometric on its own made it awkward with with the controller because you, your Mega Drive controller has four points like a compass. And the game plays in the alternate points of a compass northwest northeast southwest southeast and it made it really difficult to control why was there not just an option in the options just to switch that god knows but how, yeah but how would you do down like if you press down where would that take you down left or down right down left up. does it go up left or up right i know, you know what give I mean? the option it's a lot easier if you you, you kind of just have to position your pad a little offset well, so well what i did and it totally worked was i got the did it through the emulator on the phone um and 
um, because it doesn't have a sticky up thumb paddy thing, it was a touchscreen one, actually, that made it a lot more bearable to play. It actually improved the uh, experience of it. Well, I was using um, uh, the original Xbox One controller, which the D-pad is terrible for it because it hasn't got even those little northwest, north, southeast uh, points on it. It's just purely a plus, isn't it? So the actual directions I needed to press were just really difficult. So I maybe hamstrung myself a little bit, but then I tried it out with my Mega Drive controller USB'd in. It didn't make it any easier. And especially when it comes to doing some puzzling, because it's difficult to gauge when a platform's moving, whether it's above you, whether it's in front of you or the side of you. Very, very, very true. And it became very frustrating. Yeah. I don't like to use save states, but I did just to save myself getting too pissed off to stop playing it. Yeah. I get to the top of a platform, save it, jump. And if I'd gone wrong, I'd be like, I just load that back up. I'm not doing that again. But it, it, um, that is the main frustration of the game, is that that I be battling against that isometric thing all the way through in terms of judging a jump or judging when to jump off a platform and then repeating, rinse, repeat and oh, it's all right, these things have respawned so I can grind through them and get a few more golds and that's all, all fine. But it, it got tedious pretty quick. It got tedious very quickly and, and it wasn't limited to just the jumping. No. You don't even have the benefit of like floor tiles, do you, to line up? No. It's like, it's just no. one texture. This is the difficulty when you think about something like um, Head Over Heels or not Saberwolf, the other one, Nightlaw, because the graphics were more simple. You, and you, you really, the only things that were on the grid were things that you could actually interact with. It actually made the um, judging of the jumps and things like that easier than it is on this. The other thing that made them easier is when you jumped, you knew you were jumping two blocks. Whereas on this, you've kind of got a bit of a control over the jump, which actually is to its detriment, not doesn't help. Yeah. Because if, if he had a set jump, like distance a perfect arc then it would be easier to go okay i need to jump now um or i need to fall now but mm. it doesn't because it's almost too fluid so it kind it does really 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 hamper it does that like a lot and because you're in the isometric view as well that swing attack he's got with his sword sometimes you look like you're in line with the enemy you're about to swing at mm. and you're not you miss so you're like, oh, i need to re need to reposition and that that really frustrated me constantly Trying to trying to position myself into the right place where I can swing at this, which, as I was playing it, I thought to myself, it's, it's the first time I've ever thought this, and probably the last I'll ever think it. There is some merit to turn-based games mm. because I would have rather played it turn-based, where I would have bumped into these guys, and then it went and he started fighting, and then I just choose it from a menu like I'm ordering a takeaway. But that would have that would have been far less frustrating, especially because he swings it. Is he right-handed? He swings from left to right, and the number of times I've been too close to the corner yeah. of a tree and hit that, and then the enemies hit me. Well, like, the thing is, there's no nuance or skill involved in the combat or the enemies whatsoever. No. So really, that whole element of it is just completely pointless. You know, when you, you think about something else that's grindy, I mean, even if you think about something as simple as Gauntlet, They've got different enemy types. They each need a different approach. You know how to attack them. That keeps it fresh and interesting. And then the mixture of these different enemy types on the screen means you have to use different ideas to, you know, to, to overcome them. In this, all the enemies are the same. 
They're all whack, whack, whack. Done. The only one that caused me any fuss was the skeletons. Because the skeletons, when they come at you with a sword, they've got a longer a reach lot longer. than you have. Yeah. A lot longer. So you try and get anywhere near them, they, they just hack your life yeah. away. I mean, the other thing on this as well is, when you lose a life on a game, it should be your fault. Now, this game gave you plenty of hearts, thankfully, but most of the time when you got a heart cheesed off you, it wasn't your fault. It was the game's fault. It, it, it was yeah. 100% the game's fault. You know, and so yeah. that made for an annoying gaming experience because you're constantly going, oh, fuck off! You know, so you're constantly yeah. feeling gypped. The whole time you're playing it, you, f- you feel like you're being ripped off. Gypped by the combat, gypped by the platform. Yeah, gypped by, yeah, gypped by the, oh, I missed that step, or I missed that lower, gypped by. And he doesn't sit in the game, he sits on the game. So to the point where even when you're walking through the towns on the paths, it doesn't matter whether you take the path or not, you can just walk straight across a field and jump over a tree. He doesn't actually look, although he's a really nicely detailed character and a lot of the environments are nice, he doesn't look like he sits in it. It looks like he's sat on it. It's, it's yeah. just a bit disjointed, but yeah, it's a bit of a weird and, one. And, and some of the um, platforms as well, some of them you can jump off, mm. some of them you can't. can't. Yeah, it, which, and it doesn't doesn't really seem to be any yeah, sort of... Um, it's the same with the edges. You can't discern which is which. Yeah, some of them you can fall off, and some of them you can't fall off. Some of them are almost like an invisible wall, and again, there's no rhyme or reason to that. So, but... Is this just because it's old? I don't think it is, because there's plenty of other old games I've played where I haven't felt this frustrated. It makes you think how... It, it makes you look at something like Zelda and go, this is why people keep going Still back play and playing it. this, because it's so well designed. Yeah, yeah. And they've done such a good job with it. You compare that to Link to the Past, and it's just not even on the same page, no. is it? No, absolutely, hundred percent, nowhere near. But but to look at visually, it looks lovely. Mm, but it's just it all starts to fall apart when you start playing it. I, had they had they gone for a top down view rather than an isometric view, the whole thing would have been a lot less frustrating. Yeah, if it was squared off. Yeah. If, rather than yeah diagonally. Yeah. It's difficult to think of any. The only game that comes to mind is like say Immortal, which is like a console, like a Mega Drive based isometric game that really works you remember immortal it was it was shadow like run a... were isometric wasn't it but um, what was sorry shadow run was isometric but it didn't yes, have, yeah. didn't, reliance didn't have on platforming, platforming. yeah yeah I mean, and you, you didn't have the, the the hand-to-hand combat wasn't there either mm. that was guns and, and moving around there was one there was one game that we talked about previously where you look like someone from arabian nights or something that was an adventure type game i remember having it for the mega drive at some point um, and that that was that was done in a in a squared off fashion rather than isometric. Mm. Uh, what's the opposite to isometric? Non isometric. Yeah. Um, isometric. Uh, but yeah, the the isometric doesn't really work for this. I don't, like I say, I think isometric's a really good view for an RPG. If like you say, a it's turn based, b there's no platforming. For an exploration based RPG, isometric's great. Um, or it's still good if you zoom out a bit further so that you're actually not going diagonal all the time. You know, it, it's it's pretty good as well. But yeah, just it, it just really hampered this game. Yeah, so um, I mean, I, I got I said as I said earlier, I got about halfway through it. I got to a place called Green Maze, um, and I got stuck in there for about an hour and a half, and I'd seen enough. I'd had enough. 
I was frustrated by it. I turned it off and I didn't go back to it. I'd had enough. I, I didn't need to see any more of it. Um, I went through the watch, the Let's Play. I can see why some people might still like it as a kid. There's a couple of funny things on the stream. There was a, a fella, um, I forget his name, apologies if you are listening, told me to jump on the chicken. So one of the towns that you go to where someone's about to be sacrificed, there's a little chicken running around. Mm. And if you jump on the chicken, um, Nigel stays stood on the chicken and dashes around the screen really fast. <laughs> that was quite funny. Why is it? Um, why is it always chickens but, get abused in these games? On Zelda, it's always the chickens you're stabbing and chasing them around. Why is it poor chickens? To be honest, they're a bit annoying anyway, aren't they? So they can why be. not? Yeah, yeah. Dickens. I mean, I, I'm vegan, what... <laughs> but I'd kick a chicken. Yeah, and I don't know why they. Sc- I don't know why they scream when when they wake up, but I can understand it. <laughs> As as a as a game, then I think if I was to throw some awoogers at it, I can see there's almost. I feel like I say this a lot about games. There's there's almost a, a better game in there. There's just a couple of odd design choices that have ruined it. And I don't think I could score it any more than a seven. I like how it looks, and it's it's getting up to a seven purely on its looks. I think, and I think some of the some of the writing's got a bit of charm to it. There's some character to it, but um, the gameplay is just too frustrating, and it. it ruins the whole thing so that's for me so that's a seven from you which is really interesting that how you got to that seven because i got to a seven so I'll, I'll put that out there. i'll put my score down now but for the other way around i didn't really bump up against the controls um once it kind of clicked using a d-pad i just kind of got to grips with it I found that sometimes you'd be attacked by the monsters that you would, the distance perception would sometimes be difficult. So the amount of times I got one of those like mushroom, mushrooms with feet, penis things, they hurt me a lot. All the other enemies, not you just kind of just stand there. The ones spanning. that hide in the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little yeah, 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 yeah. things. Uh, but if you just spam the button, the combat's not particularly in depth, is it? It's just whack, 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 and they'll run into your sword more often than not. So I, I didn't really find that. I've, I'm coming to it. So I found like the, the gameplay itself not so not so bad. I bumped up against it felt to me somewhat charmless. I didn't mm. feel engaged by any of the story. I, I I could see all these tropes that you get in every RPG. So you can't really moan about that because every every single bloody RPG you play does this. You wake up in a bed, you're not sure where you are, you talk to some people, you go to a shop. It's that's Zelda, that uh, Breath of Fire, that King's, the, what's the things? What's the big thing with the thingy and the, with the with Dragon Quest? You know, all these games are all very similar. You wake up not sure where you are, or it's late at night and you get out of bed and like, what are you doing out of bed? All this usual stuff. So, but it, it lost something. There was nothing to to kind of drag me back into. I didn't feel invested in what I was doing to propel the story forward. The the wood nymph or whatever she's called, uh, Friday, Friday, just like you, you're not offering anything. In, in as much mm. as Navi in Ocarina is annoying as shit, at least she's a, a character in herself. This this fairy thing is just kind of like an add-on. Like, what are you doing? I don't, it, 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 basically. No, see, there is, there is one bit where you go into what you think is a brothel. And um, the, the what happens now? You go into what you think was a brothel, but it turns out to be a ballerina class. And um, the the 
the wood nymph thinks you've been spying on this this or, or thinks you've been visiting a brothel and starts smacking your head. <laughs> She's got some charm to her. Yeah. And you look you actually lose some health. You're like, oh but, I mean the fact that the everyone's all the, the knights are going into this brothel because they want to see ladies of the night and it turns out they're all going to learn ballet. But, you know, okay. there's a little yeah, bit of humour in yeah, that. Yeah, that's a funny humour. But I just felt in, I, I didn't feel engaged by it. And whether it just didn't get me in the right mood or not, maybe I'm spoiled by playing better executed stories. And I'm looking at this going, I think you're right about the story. No, you're absolutely bang on about the story. There is no, there is no story. You are, a, you're a treasure hunter. Mm. You go finding someone. Everyone gets in your way on your way to get this treasure. Yeah. So, that's so that's why I'm giving it a seven because I felt underwhelmed by, by it. But not I am, as a game, more as an experience. So, but that will be said, and then I'll get you. Then you can finish. Then you can crack on that. That being said, if I'd have had if this had, and we say this quite a lot, if this had been the only game I'd have been bought for my birthday or Christmas or whatever, that I'd have played this to death. And it's got a decent save yep. system. Yeah, you can only say it's got a, it's got a nice challenging save system because you've got to go back to the village to save. So it's a bit of risk and reward there. So there's a lot there's a lot of game here, but so, it's a bit bland money, for me in so, terms of story. 7. You have just summed up why I am giving it a 7 because it's not it's a, it's not good enough. But um like I said, uh, if I go back into a time machine how difficult was it back then to find a game that were 10 hours long? Very. The music's not annoying. It's pretty, I liked the music for the most part. Um, the graphically, it's pretty. Um, it's just a victim of its own isometric layout. But that's just age. And age and experience would tell them now not to bother with, with that, probably. Um, so, But yeah, like, like you say, if I put me back in that time playing it, I would have been more patient. I probably wouldn't have been as you know as annoyed by it. Um, but it definitely, definitely, definitely needed a better storyline because it, as frustrating as it was, had the story been intriguing and interesting, I would have probably even for this gone back to it more. But there was just no incentive to go back to it whatsoever because the storyline was so dull let us for one second go back to series one or world one if you like euphoria which yeah. i was just thinking about Euphoria. which is very similar in terms of length i'd say probably a bit shorter it's an adventure mm. game where you've got to go and get some different characters and work out what to do but and that felt that even in even be a previous generation that felt like a game that you really wanted to go back to and there's another yes. game that we've covered that I can't quite, it's, it's itching at the back of my head where I said that I, I've played this so much for the pod, but I will go back to this because I enjoyed it so much. Uh, whereas this, no. I feel like I've seen enough and I yeah. don't think I'd go back. To, there's nothing particularly bad about it, but it's not no. reaching those heights to to make, you know? The, yeah. So seven, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Mike. So that's seven all round then? Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. seven as well, yeah. So that uh, seven and seven is 14 and seven, that's 85. So that's quite a good score, isn't it? 85. Oh, hang on. You might, I you might have miscalculated. Oh, yeah, sorry. But 21 puts it, da, 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 puts it there with Alien Storm and Ghostbusters. 
Ooh. which is probably about right. They're, they're good games, but they're yeah. a little bit somewhat limited that don't get it to the excellent stage. Yeah. So sorry, Nigel. Sorry if you're listening. Um, you can stalk all the land you want, but not with us, you big-footed twat. Anyway, <laughs> what could we have been playing instead? Believe it or not, there's not a great deal in the L's. Bloody L. Uh, you could have been playing Lethal Enforcers 1 or 2, which is a putty-put-put-put light gun game. Or you could have had Lemmings slash Lemmings 2, The Tribes, uh, which uh, yeah. we've often said on this podcast yeah. before, Lemmings is good, but I don't think it's really a console game. But if it was your only option, if there's the only way of playing it, but really you need to be on an Amiga or an ST for Lemmings, don't you? Yeah, you need a yep. mouth. Lost Vikings, which is the side-scrolling platforming type thing from the company whose name escapes me now, but they came, they eventually became Blizzard, and now <laughs> Blizzard are in trouble a little bit. <laughs> We've having rape rooms or whatever the hell they've had, and you could have had Light Crusader, Light Crusader uh, from Treasure. So I've banged on it here about Treasure a lot fantastic developer this is a isometric dungeon crawler <laughs> it's a bit like landstalker that's worth checking out now finally a really interesting one which was a full motion video a typical full motion video mega cd game or sega cd game depending on where you're from called lodestar the legend of tully bodine it looks very much like an on rails fmv but it stars ned Beatty. <laughs> which for uh, any listeners he is an american actor he's in lots of things but he's mostly well known for being uh, the pig in deliverance that was ned beatty wasn't it yeah 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 one final one i've missed it off here lotus uh, lotus turbo challenge which Ooh, that was, oh, was great that it was, it was great yeah, yeah very very good. good again that's an amiga st <clears throat> port isn't it that made its way to the mega drive that's where it started you did see quite surprisingly you did see quite a lot of amiga games make the way over to the mega drive which which surprised me it was really good was lotus turbo challenge it was one of the first like really really good car games because I think because yeah. it had not been ported from the arcade, which most up until that point had. And they were bad when they were, for that matter. Yeah. Well, they were also hard and had short levels because they'd been ported from the arcade. And then this wasn't. So the levels were a bit bigger and they, it were a bit easier. And for that reason, it had more variety. It had fog. Never seen fog before. It had snow and things like that. I was just about to say, I don't know if I was misremembering, but I remember, I seem to remember weather, rain and stuff. Yeah. And being impressed by being impressed by fog and snow and rain. Yeah, and like well, you, each level was distinctly different. So it's like, oh, this is a road. This is a road. But it's foggy. This is a road. But it's snowy. And the car handled different. This is you're on sand. You're in a desert. You know that kind of thing. It was a really, really, really good car game. I think that's the first car game that made me go, ooh, car games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you get a two-player level version, or was that in the, in the sequel? Where you had it there was a top, sequel. Top on, I, I, one on top of each other. I, 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 did it not have two-player anyway? On. You're the Amiga yeah. kid. I can't remember either. Yeah. It might, it might have been. Might, <clears> they might have saved it for the second one, maybe. But yeah, that was good. There was another one as well, Test Drive. That was also quite good around that time. But the, yeah, that, that's your notable L's. Before we but find we... out what, uh, what we're playing next, have you got a fun fact, Dan? Yes. I have. Go on. Sit down and strap in. 
His facts are like a slap. It's coming at you so, so fast. It's Dan's fun fact. So, um, it was originally going to be part of the Shining series as, and was going to be called Shining Rogue. Uh, but when Climax and Sega split, the game was retitled and we ended up with Landstalker. Yeah. Ah, well, that Shining series is massive. I remember Shining in the Darkness yes. and Shining Force. Looked at the Wikipedia page about those two. There's loads of it, there? There's loads of it, yeah. Yeah. Huge. And generations of consoles, doesn't it? Yeah. Should we see what the randomizer's got? Or rather, randomizer's dad? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, let's go knock on his door. Let's see if he's in. Do you think he'll be in? He never goes out, does he? Never really goes anywhere. Here come that bullshit, what up? 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 Watch him rolling, watch him go. 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 He be rolling down the street. He be rolling to the beat. He be rolling down the street. He be. What? What what do you want? Don't you think we want um, the same as we want every time? Yeah, we just we just want a, every week. <laughs> just want a game, please, <laughs> you miserable old shit. Hey, don't you give me any of that shit, you you um dickheads. Anyway, <laughs> you can have what letter are we up to? I think mm, M. Yeah, I think we're M M M M M M for miserable randomized dad. <laughs> hey, enough for that. I'm not interested in your shit jokes. I'm the only one who jokes around here, and I'm not joking. Eh? Anyway, letter M, you can have um, a game that starts with M, and it's called Mercs. With an X? No, you stupid dickhead. M E R C. Oh, yeah, I know this one. This is good. He's, he's a bit <laughs> aggro, isn't he? Mercs, like, like what uh, Rio Ferdinand used to say when you get murked. You'll yeah, be I, 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 in a minute. I remember uh, this one. Shut up. Cheers. Shut up. 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 Shut I think I do remember this one, and I think I do remember it being it's a, good. It's an arcade part, right? It, firstly, it's, it's bit, Capcom. It's like Commando, innit? Well, it's a sequel to Commando. It's Capcom. Ah, right, there yeah. we go then. It's yeah. Capcom. So, you know, what can go wrong? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've said that before, haven't we? Mm, let's see. Yeah, let's see. Let's find let's out. Find out. Find out in a couple of weeks. So is that it, ladies and germs? Well, anyway, yeah, I think it is. So thank you, listeners. Um, here's, a, here's, a, here's a request. We know there's listeners. You're out there. We see the stats, and we're happy with the stats. However, if you ever want to send us any feedback, you can do. Just drop us an email at howdo at pixelandpodcast.com. You can watch us play stuff on Twitch as slash, when I say us, I mean them, um, as, as slash pixel hunt pod. You can, uh, you can grab us on Twitter or Instagrams at pixel hunt pod. Or you can catch us online 
www.pixelhuntpodcast.com. Yeah, so um, do all of that. We will give you a shout out or whatever, you know, all that usual shit. And I do like using the feedback sound clip. But anyway, <laughs> thanks. Uh, that is it. That's it for this episode of Pixel Hunt Podcast. But Dan's waving his hands about like he's having a fit. Yeah, he's gesticulating like he's got something important yeah. to say. You're forgetting the Discord. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh. Yeah, and we've got a Discord, and the link, the link's in the show notes. It's Discord. Come join us. Come join yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we love you a long time. And until next time, keep on keeping on. We're Pixel Hunt Podcast. Playing, playing the games. The games so so you, you don't, don't have, have to. Have to, have to. Bye.